Welcome to a talk from St Saviour's Sunbury. We hope it blesses you. May I speak in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and may I speak boldly this morning. Uh, hello again. Uh, the key thought for today uh, is about bold prayers. And uh, I believe that what you pray for, what you've been praying for even this morning perhaps during your prayers, what you prayed last night uh, as you went to bed, uh, what you prayed during last week, what you pray for reflects what you believe about our God. And we're working our way through, as I say, a series about being bold. And I always have to be careful how I say that. That's B-O-L-D, bold. Uh, What you pray for, or indeed what you don't pray for, thank you, um, my wife said, if they don't laugh, it probably just means that they're listening. So uh, now you're not listening, right? Because you're laughing. Uh, what you pray for or what you don't pray for reflects what you believe about God. Um, so if you don't pray at all, then I might suggest to you this morning that probably means you don't believe God answers prayers. If you pray really small prayers it probably means you believe in quite a small God. Uh, If your prayers are are, are centered around you, it's like, bless me, comfort me, uh, be with me, uh, help me, then that reflects that you believe God is there to serve you. He's your servant. He's your genie in a bottle, if you like. Um, And a lot of people's language tells me a lot about what they believe about God when they, when they pray. And because many, many times people will come and say, even, even this incredible man of God came to me once and he said, uh, I was just trying to solve this particular problem. I had this problem in front of me and I did everything I possibly could to solve it. I went about it this way. I thought about doing it this way. I checked in with this person. He said, and then guess what? He said, then I realized what I needed to do was pray. He said, so often we get to the end of our own strength and our own ability, our own gumption, and then we go, ah, I think I'll pray about it now. And that's often when we see the breakthrough. And I can just see, if you you pray like that as as a last resort, I can just see God kind of up there going, well, what you mean? It's down to me now. You mean now I've got to do, but I'm just the God of the small things. How do you expect me to help you out? So what you pray for, or what you don't pray for, and what you say when you pray reflects what you believe about God. I just think about what you prayed last week. If what you prayed for last week actually happened, if God granted those prayers, if they were in God's plan, what would be different about the world today? What would actually have changed if God answered every single one of those prayers that you prayed last week What difference would it make in this world which is so in need of answers from God? Chances are, like most people in our culture who pray today, the only things that would have been different would have been the things that are really close to you. That's not about, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, I'm just saying that's the reality. The things that would have been different would have been the things that were close to you in your close circle. And my my point this morning is that if we're going to make a difference, and we, we, you know, you look at the news, you step out into your street, you look at your neighbours, and you watch the children. Uh, I mean, just down the road in Uxbridge, where I went to college 
last weekend, there was a riot of young people. There was a dispersal order. It was, apparently it was over a girl. There were like 70 young people fighting like uh, animals in the high street. And there was a dispersal. You know, you look at that kind of thing, and you think, wow, does the world, does our country, do our streets need Jesus? Yes, is the answer, of course. And if you want to make a difference, if you want to add to that, then I believe you're going to need to pray some bold prayers. So we're looking at the book of, uh, of Acts. Oh, yeah. A few people since Sunday have said, Ron, that, that sermon was really challenging. So if you're not up for a challenging sermon, now's the time to just get up very quietly and head towards those doors. I think if you want to make a difference, you're going to have to pray some bold prayers. So here we are. We're looking at Acts uh, 3, 4, 5 over the next few weeks and last week and looking at Peter and John uh, Jesus has gone to be with the Father, and he's left them behind. They're full of the Spirit. And, uh, and we kind of see the early church unfolding before our eyes and see what, what they did. I was asked a really tough question. If we only had the uh, Old and New, and New Testament, so the Old Testament about the story of creation and the kingdom of Israel and the prophets and the Psalms, if we only had that and what you know, Jesus' life, and the, and the writings to the early church, would our church be really different? If we had no experience of church, and I think it would, I think we would be incredibly bold. I think often we come and we sit and we consume and we've settled, I think. I think a lot of times we just settle for what we've got. And through these passages, God's been saying, I want you to be bold. There is even more of my kingdom to be realized in this place, in this time and he's calling you guys to be partakers in that. So Peter, here he was, he's preaching to a corrupt generation. If you read the scriptures, he calls them, he says, he's got a group of people in front of him, just like you. And he says, you lot, you're, you're a corrupt generation. Imagine the cheek of someone standing in front of you and saying, you lot, you're a corrupt generation. Imagine that. Could you imagine how you would feel? How do you feel right now? with me calling you a corrupt generation like I just did. It hurts, doesn't it, really? Do you want to make a change? Do you want to make a difference? Do you want to change that? Do you want to change that? Okay, I'm going to get all of you in the room. Do you want to change your state from being corrupt to being children who were in the darkness, who once were darkness, to being children in the light? Of course you do. That's why you're here. That's why we welcome people in, because we want them to know the truth that is available in Jesus to bring them out of their darkness and call them into his marvelous light. So he tells them, he says, you're a corrupt generation, and he tells them what they need to do in order to receive eternal life, to receive the Spirit of God, making his home in their hearts. He says, they say you need to repent. Repent just means to turn around. So the direction that you're heading in, you're walking away from God right now. Okay, every single day, many moments during the day, I walk away from God and I need to repent. I need to turn around. 90 degrees of that is me going, actually, I need to turn back to God. And the other 90, the most important 90% is God, the Spirit at work in you, returning him to yourself. You cannot do it on your own. You need to have the Spirit of God living in you in order to enable you to repent, to turn back to God. So he tells them to repent and be baptized. Everyone in the room been baptized? Jim, Jim, we are in the middle of sorting out the baptism video. 
next week and the week after, we will have the clip of Jim as he comes out of the water, having been baptised at the young old age of 80, 90 something, 92. And he comes up and he goes, yeah! Like this. Yeah, it's great. You nearly, in fact, you nearly, you nearly punched me a block off. I had to get out of the way. Um, wonderful. If you've not been baptised, you'll need to be baptised. You know, the, the, the scriptures tell us we need to be born of the spirit and born of water. You know, your natural birth was great. It brought you here to this moment. But you need to be born of the spirit and you need to be born of water. Please do talk to me about that afterwards. Miraculously, as he's preaching to this corrupt generation, guess what? 3,000 of them said, I'm in. I want some of that eternal life. I want some of this light. I realize I am corrupt. I realize I've been walking away from God. And 3,000 of them in that day, that's like a third of the people that live in Sunbury. Imagine that. Wow. I can imagine. And then uh, they go on. They, uh, they come across this chap who's been infirm, who's been sick from, from birth. Basically, he can't walk. Uh, he's known around town. I mean, maybe there are people that you see in your, in your town in wheelchairs and other things like that. He's been like that since birth. I don't think they had wheelchairs in those days, so he basically just sat on a mat uh, and he begged. Um, and they come across him and they basically just, they're bold. They're just full on, full on bold. And they say to him what? They say, pick up your mat and walk. In the name of Jesus, pick up your mat and walk. You ever said that to anyone? No, that's pretty bold, right? We're going to do some of that as well. Well, the religious leaders of the day, the vicars of the day, uh, they weren't really happy with what was going on, mostly because uh, the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders, they didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. So they didn't believe that somebody could come back from death into life. And so they're preaching the name of Jesus, who they've seen crucified and died and buried. And now this group of uh, ragtag followers are saying, well, he's risen from the dead because we've seen him. Well, they didn't like that because they don't believe in it, right? You know how often it is that we don't like things that we don't believe in. Um, but they just say, well, we, we don't really care. You can do whatever you want to us. You can beat us. You can flog us. You can put us in prison. You know, whatever you want to do. We're not going to stop boldly praying, boldly proclaiming the name of Jesus. It's made that much difference in our lives. Um, so they can't really do much because, obviously, there would have been a riot um, because most of the people around Sunbury had seen this guy and said, well, he's crippled from birth, but there's been a miracle. So you know, maybe, we're, maybe there's something in this. So against their wishes, they have to release Peter and John, and we pick up the story as we've read from Christine in Acts 4.23. It says this, On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people. They went to the Christians, basically, and they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And they would have said, well, they threatened us. They said, don't ever speak in the name of, in the name of Jesus again. And, and they're telling them, here's what happened. When they heard this, here's what the Christians did. They did what uh, the Bible says. They prayed. They raised their voices together in prayer. So having been warned about all this stuff, about what talking about Jesus would, would get you, they raised their voices in prayer. They raised their voices in prayer to God. And when you read the scriptures, you'll, you'll realize that when Christians come together in prayer, when we raise our voices together in prayer, there's incredible power. Because what happens to the room? It shakes. The room shakes. 
with the presence of God when we call on God in his power and in prayer, the presence of God will make the room shake. Anyone ever been in a room that's shaken before with the presence of God? Wonderful. <laughs> what, a proper earthquake? Okay. Wow. So they say this, because he's in charge of the earthquakes too. They say this, Sovereign Lord, which basically means, God, you're in charge. God, we bow down before you. You know all things, and uh, all things are under your control. They say, Sovereign Lord, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea, everything in them. You spoke by the Spirit. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles, that's anyone who wasn't Jewish, and the people of Israel to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, who you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. And then as they prayed, they prayed two incredibly bold prayers. So here are two really bold prayers for you to pick up on because you don't want to be a lukewarm follower of Jesus because uh, there's a warning when you get to Revelation, one of the end uh, passages in the Bible, one of the last books, that Jesus says he's kind of gonna, it's a bit harsh as well. Uh, he's going to spit out of his mouth lukewarm followers of his. So you want to be hot and on fire for Jesus, okay? If you're not that, we will pray for you and we will um, ask the Spirit to come and embolden you. So here are two prayers that I'd ask you to pray for today as I finish. Uh, maybe as you return from communion, perhaps with the person that you came with this morning, and maybe by your bed tonight as you pray to Jesus. I want you to pray for boldness, of course. I want you to pray that God will make you bold in these last days. You know, you know that we are but in time. And we have these days that God has set before us on this earth in order to be bold, to pray boldly, to speak boldly, and to, to be obedient boldly too. So they prayed this incredible uh, prayer of boldness. Lord, consider their threats. And, uh, you know, they said they want to pray with boldness. It's crazy, absolutely crazy. Here are these guys threatened with their lives, and yet what they want to do is they speak to God and they say, please fill us with even more boldness. It's crazy, right? We don't face that, do we? We don't face the persecution that these guys would have been facing back in that day. But here they are on their knees praying to the Lord their God, saying, fill us with even more boldness. And the reason why, I don't know whether you've ever prayed for boldness. Again, don't pray for baldness necessarily, just pray for boldness. If you've ever prayed for boldness in your life, you know, I've, no, I've, I've just started doing that. Because reading through these scriptures, I hear, I see what the early Christians were like. And they were fearless. I, and I have nothing to fear. What do I have to fear? Do, do I fear the loss of my life? Of course I don't. Because absent in the body and present with the Lord. I have, I have nothing to fear. I know where I'm going. My hope, my future is certain. Absent in the body, present with the Lord. If I walk out there and someone takes my life... Yes, of course, my family will be sad, but they'll know that I'm going to be with the Lord and one day we will meet again. I have nothing to fear. I want you to pray for boldness. 
Most of us, most of us though, we pray and we pray the me kind of stuff, the stuff that's centered around our, our just our circle, if you like. And the boldest prayer I ever prayed resulted in me standing here calling you a corrupt generation. The boldest prayer I ever prayed was, God, if you save my wife, I will do anything for you. Yeah? If you say to God, I'll do anything for you, be ready for him to call you to do anything in his name. So if you don't like your vicar, you've only got God to blame. Or them and the wardens. And the bishop. Take it to the bishop. And the second thing I want you to pray for, and I know this might be difficult for you, but I want you to pray for miracles. I want you to pray for miracles. And that may be a miracle in your life. It may be to do with healing. It may be to do with a son or a daughter who doesn't know Jesus. It may be for a situation. It may be for a sickness. But I want you to pray for miracles. Now, I want you to pray for miracles out there. I want you to pray for miracles out there because out there, the people need to see God's power at work. Because when they see God's power at work, then we can proclaim and say, this is Jesus who is at work, who has just healed you. The person who just enabled you to pick up your mat and walk is the person that we know as Jesus. And let me introduce you to him, because that will make all the difference in their life now and forever. So I want you to pray for miracles. And the second boldest prayer I think I've ever prayed, I prayed a few weeks ago in here. Um, at the start of um, the school holidays, there had been a major accident uh, in, in our community. A young girl had been knocked over by a motorbike, and she'd been knocked by the motorbike into the path of an oncoming car. The car had dragged her for quite some distance. Uh, incredibly... A nurse was there on the scene. They saw what had happened. Uh, and the nurse ran over, and I spoke to the nurse on Sunday evening. And the nurse said, I've never seen, I mean, I'm a nurse, she said, but I've never seen a body like that. Every single rib was broken. Uh, I can't even explain, but all of this was broken. It was all broken, basically. Every single bone was broken. And so the air ambulance came along and took her away. And that lady there, who uh, is our food bank manager, Donna, give everyone a wave. That lady there, we had our community lunch. Some of you might have been there. We had our community lunch. We had lots of different uh, agencies here. So lots of people who were not Christians, don't believe in God, may even been atheists, I don't know. Um, the ambulance crew, fire crew, uh, housing people. There were a couple of hundred people in the room. And Donna said, would you mind praying for Ella? This is what's happened to Ella, this, this little girl. So, of course, I looked around the room and I thought, who can I get to pray for Ella? Uh, because, actually, I knew what was needed, and it was a miracle. And so I prayed for a miracle out loud. Everything stopped for five minutes, and I prayed, and I prayed one of the boldest prayers I've ever prayed. And I commanded the healing in Jesus' name. And at the end of that prayer, I quietly said to myself, oh, dear Lord, if at all possible, how ridiculous, if at all possible, could you possibly grant that one? Because otherwise I'm going to look a bit of a fool. What I said was, God, if you do this, people will turn to you because you'll have displayed your power. And that young lady on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, was released from hospital. 
Yeah. Not me, but him. Not me. I didn't, I didn't do it. I just had the boldness to pray. In fact, because I got a kick up the backside from someone. I had the boldness to pray that God would heal her. And the family cannot believe it. The family want to know who is this Jesus that's healed this person. Grandma has come back to faith. Can I tell you, the person who found her, the nurse, was actually her niece. She was in church two weeks ago and she gave her life to Jesus. Yeah, she became a full-on, full-on, bold follower of Jesus. And she told me on Sunday night that she was being released on the, on the Monday. Pray bold prayers. I can just ask you to pray bold prayers. Wherever you're sat, whatever you're doing, wherever you end up today, pray a bold prayer in the name of Jesus. And we will see people come into faith. We will see God display his power. We will see God move in majesty. And then you'll say to me, yeah, yeah, but I've prayed all that stuff before. I've asked. I've asked that God will heal me of the arthritis. Oh, pray for my arthritis. I'm, you know, at 46, I already have arthritis. I have gout, which is pretty painful at times, and I've got arthritis in my toes. Pray for me. I still believe God can heal me. Even if God doesn't answer my prayers, do you know what? My faith in God, who is sovereign, as they say, God, you're sovereign, you're in charge. My faith in God as sovereign, Lord over all, creator of everything, all that is seen and unseen. My faith is big enough to hold the fact that God might not answer my me prayers in the way that I'd like him to. And I pray that you too, my third prayer for you, is that you and your faith will be deep enough and strong enough that when the storms come, when the gales hit like it has been doing in the Philippines and in Carolina, when they come in your life, that your faith, that you'll be so deeply rooted in God and in your trust that he is faithful, that he won't knock you over when he doesn't answer the prayers in, you, in the way that you want him to. Don't let that stop you from continuing to pray bold prayers because just like the prayer I prayed for Ella, even though I haven't been healed, even though there's stuff going on in my children's life, even though my mum is sick, even though my brother hasn't come to faith yet, I prayed that prayer because I believe in a God who answers bold prayers and he did. For more information about St. Saviour's, please visit our website at www.stsaviorsunbury.org.uk. Thank you.